Hey, my friends, this is Eddie coming to you live from Southern California. Live is good. Live, alive is so good. I am here with you today. Uh, it is Monday, 7.30, and um, off to a new new experience in life and uh, new projects and new stuff going on. And I'm really looking forward to going forward with some some really cool stuff that I've been studying for the last several uh, couple months, in particular last you know month and a half. And uh, bringing all of my uh, thoughts and ideas, which I hope will be helpful. Uh, some I hope will be inspirational. Some I hope will be educational. Um, there has some. There's got to be something in my 58 years on this planet that I have learned that will be beneficial to someone, women, men, uh, young, old, um, fathers, uh, soon to be married, all that kind of stuff from my mistakes to my successes. And uh, it, it should, this should be a really good time as we move forward. Uh, I love seeing people jump on. I see the numbers growing. And um, it's always, it's you know, it's been spectacular. Uh, today's earlier show that I do on my personal page about uh, my devotional that I'm reading and, and, and some of the subject matter. I got some really good feedback. I got some emails from people. I just got a message from somebody, um, you know, kind of, you know, giving me some, um, some, um, support uh, for moving forward that I'm, I'm on the right track for doing stuff. So that is all good. Continue that. <laughs> I need, I, I, I need that just like everybody else. So that is uh, currently uh, my motivation and my, uh, so to speak, to, to continue this process and to kind of evolve and, 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 and become the, uh, the voice of whatever this is um, for you to help uh, just, um, you know, get through the day and, and do some new stuff and, Maybe get some, again, motivation and some inspiration um, to be better. All of us need to be better at some point about something, right? And so we're going to talk about that today, about who it is that defines us. What and who that defines this. This is an important subject matter. I've been teaching, um, you know, mindset and um, um, uh, mental strength for over 30 years in many different ways. Uh, as an instructor for law enforcement officers throughout the, uh, the world, um, much of my training and teaching to these officers throughout the years has to do with that very thing, about what it is that's going on in your head, uh, what it is that you need to focus on and not focus on when making decisions, life and death, life and death decisions, um, and, um, and it's been a very important subject that I've, I've, I, I don't have a degree. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I don't have a degree. Um, I only can tell you that I've been doing it for 40 years. And um, I have learned and evolved over time about different aspects of uh, mental strength and, and courage and um, um, decision-making, huge. Decision-making is a lost art. Right, uh, critical thinking, decision making is a lost art that needs we need to get back to, um, and um, it's uh, something that needs to be done in our educational system. I have no idea what's being taught right now uh, in our educational system because, as uh, as an employer of uh, many people of many different ages, um, critical thinking and common sense and um, problem solving are lost. What happened? Where did they go? All right, so we're going to be talking about some of that stuff really quick. Just two sponsors today. <clears throat> I am so sorry. I apologize. We're going to be dealing with this uh, lung stuff for a little while. So uh, there's nothing I can do about it right now other than to tell you that I am sorry that I'm going to be dealing with uh, a weird voice and some coughing and hucking up. All right. Today's happycoffee.com. Go to today's happycoffee.com. It is one of the best new products uh, for me. 
and it's it's been around for I think five years, something like that. I'm not sure how long, but um, it is a great product. It virtually has um, energized me. It has allowed me to lose a bunch of weight. And I sleep much better. Um, uh, I cannot tell you it does anything medically. I, I, it's uh, it's against the, the, the law, essentially, for me to say that a supplement can cure anything or do anything. But I can tell you, since I've been using Happy Coffee, I've lost tons of tons of pounds. Tons of pounds. I've lost several pounds. I have uh, become uh, more motivated and energized and happy. And that is why it's called Happy Coffee. So go to todayshappycoffee.com. There also is a Lemonade and uh, Georgia Peach and... Um, uh, what's the other one and some other teas, what's the other tea, Tai Chi, chai tea, um, and stuff like that. And so it's really, really good. All of it has a little bit of an ingredients that has, um, some, uh, uh, caffeine, uh, but, uh, the appetite suppressant is fantastic. The, the energy and the, uh, dopamine, the, do the, 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 the oxytocin, serotonin and endorphin boosts that they give you is just simply amazing. And then today's CBD oil, today's CBD oil, again, CBD oil uh, is really what got me started in all the wellness space and all this discussion about uh, uh, health and um, fitness and all this stuff that I started talking about several months ago before all the other stuff started to happen, right? Uh, the the joyoids and the the rioting and the and the and the and the the closure and the pandemic before that. I was talking about wellness. <laughs> I've written two books on CBD uh, and it it it, it this. Now, this was what's supposed to happen, but it transitioned into what's happening now. But go to todayscbdoil.com. Uh, Viseo makes the best CBD on the planet. It's patented, and Viseo has become one of the top 50 healthcare companies in the world. And so go to todayscbdoil.com. All right. So um, I'm going to talk really quick about this project that I have going on. Here's a little thing. Hold on. I just made this. This is really cool. You ready? Let's talk about this. <laughs> the Orange County Patriot Project is where it's starting. Um, I'm going to start locally with this project of developing men. <clears throat> and there will be some aspect of, of women later on, but I need to focus, right? No, focus on developing men for um, acts in the community that will further conservative um, biblical aspects to our community. Um, and that that is one aspect. The other aspect is I'm going to re kind of design and build my uh, podcasting and interviewing and shows to support conservative Christian people, uh, candidates, um, um, coaches, teachers, people, uh, pastors in our community that that I want that we need to to bring up and to be more present to uh, make a difference in California, in Orange County. Of course, that's where I'm at right now. And then throughout California. Uh, one of the most important things that I think I can do is not move from California. There was a lot of thought that I've had moving my family out of California because it's, it's a crazy state that's liberal uh, and just let it sink. Let the, let the state sink um, and let it go. Uh, but uh, I've, I've changed my mind. Uh, there, there's nothing more important, I think, than doing everything I possibly can and bringing other people on board and supporting those that are, are have just recently been voted in 
three uh, uh, school board members with the Placentia Lorbelinda School District who are conservatives. Fantastic. We have a, a congresswoman in Huntington Beach, a congresswoman in uh, Chino Hills who are uh, conservative, uh, God-fearing people who have been voted into power. And so this is just the beginning. And if I can have a part in that and in, 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 in supporting them through podcasting and, and interviews and uh, however else we can do it with this with this project, I, I'm 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 determined, regardless of what any of you think <laughs> at this point, because you go, oh, how can you really? I'm getting this start. This is where I am going, and I'm going to ask for your support. Of course, as we begin and and do this, there's going to be a, a request for some financial support. I'm going to come right out there and be honest with you that it, it, we're, there's going to be some finances that need to be um, uh, uh, requested. Um, to support, you know, getting a nonprofit and getting all the infrastructure, all that kind of stuff is going to cost some money. And I, I desperately will need some support financially in doing that. That is just truth. And I'm just going to come right out and tell you, but um, we're going to turn it around very quickly and we're going to reinvest it and, and, and get this into a nonprofit type of organization. For the time being, it's going to go into my corporation. It'll be earmarked only for development of this project so that it can become a nonprofit and then move forward and bring some men together uh, in the beginning. Um, we're gonna be looking for volunteers. So anybody in the Orange County area, uh, especially men, it could be women too, that have a, a particular skill set, whatever that is, uh, lighting, camera work, um, uh, blogging, um, um, uh, organizational skills, that kind of stuff. I, I would like to get a core of 10 to 15 people right off the bat um, that can volunteer in different areas to really get this going and just not take any time. I, I, we don't have time. Uh, we have an, an election coming up in Georgia and some other stuff. And we have elections that are surely going to come up in the couple, next couple of years. And uh, we need to be up and running fast. There's nothing that we can do. There's a lot of momentum right now. And the reason my, my hurriedness and my desire to get this going fast is because it actually is. It's pretty sp spectacular. <laughs> wow. It's pretty spectacular what's happening right now uh, in our in, in, this, in the world. Uh, around me with the church, the church that I attend now, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, it has so many people going to that church. There's the, he, the pastor says, we can't, don't come to our church. We don't have enough room. Stop coming to the church. There's not enough parking. There's not enough seats. There's not enough space because there's an explosion of followers of Jesus Christ coming to that church. There's other churches that are having the same experience. Um, um, and so uh, we need to, we need to strike wire while the iron is hot, right? That's not the saying. And we need to continue with this moment, not let up, right? We can go, oh, I guess Jack has this and I can just lay back and just watch him do all the work. No, right? It, it's, we need to pile on. We need more because what happened was, is we fell asleep when we allowed our country to be taken over by Marxist liberals, liberals and um, socialists. And that's because we, we, we rested and we didn't uh, continue to go. So that project is going to be coming up. We'll be talking more about that. I have a website that I've, I've already created uh, the, the first part of a website that I, I almost had it up in time for the show. Uh, I, the website actually it, it's right now is, is built. It's now the other stuff that needs to support the website that needs to be put into place. Tomorrow I might have it mostly put up. And we will have you go there and begin to um, to feed into the kitty a little bit to try to get things going. And then we will continue on. All right. So I just want to make sure and address that very quickly. Let's look at it. Whoa. I just <laughs> I was like on the comments here. Uh, uh, laugh my ass up. Dogs define me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. Oh, wait. Weird voice. Yeah. I have a weird voice. It sounds weird to me. I, 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 my ears are kind of plugged up too. As long as you don't honk some gross stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> that might happen. All right. Well, let's see what this. Well, let's see. What, I can't see my face. Also, as God def defines me, a child of God, my attitude. Uh, and my thought process defined the person. Yes. Yes. Good. Gave me the violation. Quit. Nice. I believe what you said the other day. If you don't want to do something different, it, it, if you don't want to do something different, it stop a behavior where then you just have to do it. When you feel like shit, you have to look at yourself and go, what I like to feel like um, that or what I like to feel happy. And if your answer is would like, dang uh, it, I'm running, it ran out of room. So, so, but that's a really great comment. Hey, April, nice to see you. Look at you. Look at you. Now look at you. All right. Re oh, real uh, SoCal is willing to lend helping out. Nice. Awesome. Jack does everything. Does everything. Half-assed, really? All right. All right. Well, I'll make sure and be aware of that, Don. I appreciate the, the insight. I have a lot of people, that, I have a few people that know him really well, and that's not what I get from them. But if you have heard something different, I'm happy to hear that too. It's all good information. All right. So now let's get into this. I'm going to get into this right away because it's really important because I, I'm going to try to stay focused uh, because I, I have a, a lot of splintering ideas here. Uh, but I want to try to um, to kind of set a, a stage for um, who who I guess I am. Uh, and and what I'm going to be hopefully um, supporting you on in regard to um, a lot of the, the things that have been hitting us hard and causing us grief and, and stress and all the things that come along with that. And we 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 know that what the shutdowns and we and we know that the um, the news media and we know that the hysteria brought upon upon uh, upon brought upon us from friends and other people that we surround ourselves with is that we need to fear death, that we need to fear the pandemic, that we need to fear something and be afraid and alter our, our lives to now huddle down and hide with our thumbs in our mouth and a blankie in the darkness and be scared. That that is what they want for some reason. That is not how Americans are built, number one, and that is not how God intended us to be built. We are not to be fearful. We are not to be fearful, and we are not to be defined by a whole bunch of other words and, and um, letters um, because somebody said that's what we are or claims that we are and made a diagnosis of that, that uh, that's what we are. So I first want to address something that I hear a lot I've been hearing a lot, even before the pandemic, even before anything else been going. That, that that with being a parent of, of five children over the years, you you um, you know, in Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, you are um, at um, other gatherings where parents are together with their kids and that kind of stuff, and you have a a kind of a mixture of different types of parents. Now, the type of parent that I was raised is is very rare, and that is that. Um, it, 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 it's it's not very cuddling, not helicopterish. It's like I don't give a crap whether they wear a helmet or not. I don't care if you wear a mouthpiece when you play football. I, I, there was like whatever. Don't be a pussy. Go go out there and ride your bike. And if, if the helmet, who wears a helmet? Like, who wears a seatbelt? Right. And so that is that is the extreme on that side. I understand that, and I know people are like, oh no, he's gonna talk about that stuff. He's going to, he's crazy. Um, and so, and, but the extreme, right. I was all the way in the street. We're talking about the sixties and seventies, right. Where it was unusual to see a guy in a motorcycle with a helmet. It was like, well, you're weird. You're wearing a helmet with your motorcycle. That's very strange. Um, but today it's completely different. I understand that. But you also now have the other extreme 
Maybe we have every, every oh, but wear your jacket, wear your gloves. Um, don't go out in the in the rain. Um, don't get muddy. Um, don't hang out, you know, uh, with you know, uh, you know, with people that might have a sneeze. <laughs> uh, don't uh, you know? And, and now you have this way other. Other like wow, like really allow your 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 kid to have some fun, would you? For God's sake, um, and 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 give them a little bit of um, uh, opportunity to get hurt. Allow them to lose. Allow them to get knocked in the head and get knocked down and get back up again. Give them that opportunity. The best that you can do with boys in particular is allow them to get punched and beat up from time to time. I know, sounds weird. Um, just like allowing them to be sick and allowing them to, to go out there and, and catch crap. Um, it is it is really important thing. Now, again, I told you, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. So um, I'm just giving you my opinion based on what I know in, from experience and what I have heard from others and other doctors and other uh, well-rounded people that know what they're talking about. That the, 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 the acts, the, not the accident, the, um, the act of coddling and and shielding and protection can go too far and cause weakness in your children and the people around you obviously allowing too much danger can cause paralysis <laughs> death right and so you there's got to be okay there are a few guards you need to put up and things you need to protect right and then now we need to find some of them up. the the thing is and this is really one of the most important things and i'm going to could come away from my mic for just a little bit. So I'm going to, I'm going to come back and forth. But as, as we hear um, parents label their kids, right? Depressed. Um, 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 eating disorder. <laughs> Um, what else? Um, I, I, again, we, we could probably go on and on and on with a whole bunch of stuff, but these are some of the, you know, obviously the, the most common things that you hear is that, well, my son has a little ADHD and they, they have their hand on their head talking to people about their son who's standing right there, continually telling them that they have ADHD. The kid may not even know what ADHD is in the, in the beginning, right? They may not know what it is, but he knows that it's an excuse for being lazy, an excuse for not getting the schoolwork done, excuse for a bunch of stuff. Just, just be patient with me as I come back because I know people are like, well, there is such, I just need you to understand. But when you're putting your hand on top of your child's head and talking to people or they're in the same room or they can, they're upstairs and you're downstairs and they can hear you talking, continually saying, well, my son has ADHD. My son, my daughter has anxiety. My, uh, she cuts herself. She's depressed all the time. Uh, she has eating disorders. And they, they hear you as a parent reinforcing these things, these labels that are very negative. No matter how you try to shape them, you, you are putting a, a term or letters to some child who is who doesn't need any more pressure socially or otherwise, especially from their parent, that's telling them why they are less than what they could possibly be. As opposed to ADHD, anxiety, depressive, eating disorder, and all these other things, my, uh, you know, my son is so intelligent. My son is so fast and athletic. My daughter is an amazing dancer. Uh, my daughter has incredible skill with 
animals. My daughter has incredible skills with her um, with her hands in, in creativity and in drawing and that kind of stuff. And to replace these things. Now, many of you are probably, well, that, Andy, that's common sense. I, but I'm telling you, I hear these excuses from people that I I'm, I'm, can be very close to and, I mean, around in my world, right? And you do too. If you open up your ears and your eyes, you'll hear, you'll see all the time that the parents, and even when the kids aren't there, they're talking about the parents about my son who has ADHD, my son who has anxiety, my son who has depression, my blah, 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 right? And, and what happens though, as a parent, is that we now have become a, a, a used to defining our children in negative words and thoughts and our actions and, and what have you. All right. Um, and, and then there's other terms, right? I, uh, my dad used to call me a whole bunch of names, <laughs> a whole bunch of different names. All right. And so uh, I'm going to tell you that as it has had a, an effect on me is that I went through this, except for I was called racist names. I was called stupid. I was called good for nothing. I was called, you know, I could go on. All those names is what I, how I was raised. The, the, the good news is that I chose that, well, I'm going to prove that I'm not those things, right? But there's other children that go the other direction. They go, oh, yeah, I am worthless. Yes, I, I am stupid. Yes, I am not able to succeed as what my parents told me. My parents told me I would never amount to anything. My parents told me I would never graduate from the police academy. My parents told me um, a, a, a whole bunch of things. This is not a woe is me or sadness. That I'm telling you that... I know that there's people out there saying, well, Andy, you cannot say that because my son does have ADHD and it causes the problems. I, I know that he probably has ADHD, but that doesn't define who he is. That's not who he is. I have ADHD, but I graduated number five in the academy of 50 people. Uh, and, and I was a horrible student, but yet I was able to focus myself and, and develop myself and decide that I'm not ADHD. I am going to graduate as high as I possibly can in the police academy. And I should have graduated number two, at least. Not number one. There was a kid that was so smart. There was no way I was going to catch up to him. But <laughs> I should have been at least number two. Uh, on, on, on the day of, of, of prior to graduation, I was supposed to do 100 push-ups. If I would have done 100 push-ups, I would have graduated number, waited, graduated number two. For whatever reason that day, uh, I've done 100 push-ups throughout the academy without a problem. I could have done them with one hand. But uh, on that day, I could only do 30. I fell number five in the police academy and graduated number five. That's the way it is. But um, I, I, I can't focus. You know I can't focus. You watch my show. You know I can't focus. But that doesn't define me. That doesn't change the fact that I've been able to be successful in business. Uh, again, I've talked about business. I had 500 employees. I've been able to do a whole bunch of stuff. But I, I, but it, I, I never allowed this to um, uh, identify. Uh, uh, to define me, sorry, <laughs> the name of my show. I never had to uh, define me. anxiety. I, I've had horrible anxiety. I know what it's like to think that you are going to die on several occasions. That I took myself to the emergency room because I thought I was going to die. All right, and I literally thought I was going to die. I went to the emergency room and said, "I am dying. I need help." And then the doctor, you know, wired me up. They look. They go, "You are not dying, and you don't need help." Um, you need to go see a psychiatrist because you're going through anxiety attacks. Um, and that is what's happening. Uh, and so I went to the psychiatrist, the psychiatrist, but I did not allow and still have not allowed it to define me, but I've used it as a, a means of teaching as I'm doing here today, that because I had anxiety to the point where I thought I was going to die on at least four occasions that I took myself to the emergency room. Um, I'm telling you that I know the pain. I know how it feels. But it's not going to define me who I am and what it is that I can accomplish on this planet. 
But back to my now original point is that if you are a parent, if you are a grandparent, if you are a uh, a sibling to somebody has these things, and you are you are feeding into that negativity and that person that you are living with or responsible for or what have you, is that you are doing an extreme disservice to that person. If it is you doing it to yourself, you're doing an extreme disservice to yourself. If every morning you wake up and you go, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little anxious. I'm, the news is scary. Um, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm just going to hide. And you continue the self-talk. You are destroying yourself. You need to knock it off because that's not who you are. You are not ADHD person. You are not anxiety person. You are not depressed person. You may have depression, but you are not depressed person. All right. You need to say, okay, what is it that we need to do? What are the things? What are the steps that I would take? Do I get into the word? Do I read the Bible? Right. I, I've learned over the last couple of days, and, and more than one pastor has said that, more than one uh, message that I've read has said this, in that, uh, and this is something that I'm, I've been horrible at, but I've been better the last two months. And that is in a week's period of time, if you read the Bible once a week, it does nothing for you. If you read it twice, two, two times in a week, it does nothing for me. Three times in a week, it does nothing for you. It's when you go above to four out of the seven days. And hopefully maybe seven days. If you are in the word or out of the seven days of the week, it begins to transform you. And, 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 and so when we're talking about getting out of fear, how one, one of the most important ways and the way of getting out of feeling fearful is knowing that you are protected by God. Right? Because God did everything for us. That whether we live or die, in the end, we're with God. Right. And, and reducing that fear of, oh, I'm going to die. Oh, it's scary. Oh, I'm going to get sick. Oh, I'm going to catch some horrible disease. Right. As opposed to like, all right, if I do, I'm good because I love Jesus. I know that Jesus died for me. I know that my next my next home is in heaven. Right. Reduces the anxiety, reduces the fear, reduces the depression. If you stay strong and stay consistent in being in, in the word. Again, I'm telling you, this is, this is what I need to do. I, I'm with you. And so we're going to be on this path together. That is, it's going to be better for me if I'm more often in the word than I have in my past, because I can be a horrible person if I'm not in the word. And so being in the word is going to be my, and I'm going to ask you to hold me accountable if you don't mind from time to time and say, hey, are you in the Bible more than four days a week? Are you? And I, the daily devotional is one way of doing that. That is one aspect. And that daily devotional has changed my life. Thank you, Bruce Lynn, uh, for bringing that into my, that, that that has been really over the last four months, I think it's been, I think it's four months since he gave that to me, something like that, three to four months, that it really has changed my life. And I am here to tell you that it works. That being in the word seven days a week now has been a spectacular um, transformation for me and who I am as a man and a father uh, to my children. And it's spectacular. And so getting away from these things through reading the Bible and being surrounded by people who are also um, supportive and in, uh, in faith is, has been a spectacular turnaround in that area. So now I want to get back to these words and these, in these, these things. Um, 
I, I can have been criticized over the years <laughs> that I compare everything in relationship to human training uh, and um, success to dog training and animal training. Animal training, dog training has a direct correlation to raising children. And you are never, ever going to change my mind. Uh, I have had people say, oh, you can't do everything. Not everything is dog training. With when it Yes. Yes, it is. Um, it's simply, uh, uh, you know, um, consequences and rewards, timing, consistency, and love and respect. Those are those are some of the main components to animal training and raising children. Animal training and a relationship between a, a man and a wife. Understanding, I, I'm here to tell you. That you can, if if there's anything that happens in a in a relationship between a human being, whether it's uh, between a husband and wife, boyfriend girlfriend, or a parent and children, I can relate it to some aspect of dog training always, and and why it works and why it doesn't work, and where it failed, and where you need to change and alter, uh, where even nutrition becomes a part of this aspect. Right, there, all of the things are the same. All of the components of success but, uh, in regard to a strong, healthy, loving, respectful relationship and, and, and the development of a child from a child to an adult has to do with the same principles. All of them have the same principles. And, and so I want to go back to these words and these labels. All right, This is important because I want to make this transition that it, it, I, I know what I'm telling you to be true, even though I'm not a psychologist or a doctor or a psychiatrist or, or what have you, that I know what I'm telling you is true in regard to simply labeling people, both other people and yourself, that you continually repeat these things in your head that are negative. I got ADHD. No wonder I'm a failure. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I got anxiety or I'm not that smart. My dad told me I wasn't that smart. And so I know that I'm not that smart. That, that continuous, repetitive um, um, uh, mantra of negativity does nothing but drag you down into the doldrums. It does nothing, right? And again, many of you are saying, well, that's common sense, Andy, but I'm, I'm telling you that it also, it, it, whether, whether you're saying it out loud or you're saying it in the presence of your child, you are in, but you believe it and you're not letting it go without saying it, it's still affecting your child. Whether you're saying it out loud to yourself or not, and that you're just thinking it over and over again, waking up and one of the first thoughts is, oh, what horrible thing's gonna happen today? Oh, what dang thing is going to happen today? Or, oh, oh, you got, you got something, you know, on the carpet and then you blow up and it's, it's like everything becomes more enhanced and negative because we wake up with the thought that things are bad, things are horrible, that I am not smart, that I am not strong, that I am weak, that I am fearful. And these, these constant negativities that are in our head really begin to drag us down and take us into a very dark place. So uh, I, I want to give you two examples of how I know that simply the, the negative energy of the thoughts and the beliefs are enough. That it doesn't have to be the, the, the verbalization. It doesn't have to be audibly that you're saying that somebody has these, these things, these, these negative things. That just the, the thought and like, oh, are you okay? Right. The first thing is always this coddling. I, I, I told my daughter the other day um, that I will ask you twice what's wrong. And that's it. I'm going to ask you once. And then maybe you didn't hear me. <laughs> I'll ask you a second time. I, I used to go, I'm just going to ask you once. And if you don't hear then I walk away. Uh, I asked you once. That's all I need to know. Dad, you're a horrible dad. Don't you? Uh, I do hug my children. So just understand this. But I don't want them to sit there and sulk 
And I, and I don't want them to get into the habit of, of what I've seen other people do where either women or men will force their, their significant other to continually ask them what's wrong and to continually show them that they care, right? No, no, that is not going to happen. I do care. You know that I care. You know that I love you. I feed you every day. I take care of you every day. I buy you clothing. I keep a roof over your head. I am here for you. I am, I am your strength. I will kill somebody that touches you. But uh, in return, if there's something bothering you and I ask you what that thing is, we need to have a discussion. Don't make me beg you to tell me what is going on with you. Don't make me fight through what's going on in that, that, that brain of yours for hours at a time to try to figure out what's going on. No, that is not a healthy, respectful relationship. If I'm going to help you, I need we need to have some communication. And so I build the habit into the children and have been building the habit in the children that I'm going to ask you once and maybe I'll ask you a second time. Um, but th then you're on your own. Now, I'm monitoring what's going on. I make sure that they're not going to harm themselves. I make sure that whatever's going on, you know, eventually will resolve itself. But I'm not going to sit there and stand over them and all day long say, what's wrong? Are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? Let's go out and get some ice cream. Are you okay? No, that is not going to happen. Right? We're going to resolve it and we're going to talk about it and we're going to do it well and we're going to do it with love and respect and we're going to get it taken care of. All right. So now in, in, in relationship to the just the, the aspect that now you're just thinking. Um, two stories. Um, I, and this, these are dog related stories. Uh, one's dog related, one's whale related. So in relationship to, to, to dogs and, um, some years ago, and I'm not sure where this came. Um, I had uh, a particular skill, whatever that is, for whatever reason, every, you, all of you have skills. Uh, Don has a skill at making knives and, and, and craftsmanship. Uh, I'm sure that, um, uh, it, you know, April has skill with uh, developing uh, medical, uh, seminars, and is really good at it and putting together programs and that kind of stuff. She's just very skilled. It's, it's things that these are the things that we have gifts of and for. Um, and so my gift happens to be, I, for whatever reason, I know how to dog train and much of it is internal or um, genetic. I don't even know. It's just kind of just comes to me. Right. And so it's some things that I know about training dogs. I can't teach because I don't know. I, I don't, I, I don't, it's not there. It's not like I have a, I grab it and say, oh, this is also what you need to do. Some of it I just know. And I don't know how I knew this. But um, speaking, so you have, a, you have a dog, right? You have a dog that is a, you know, a German Shepherd, for instance. And they're, they're, what I learned early on is that my attitude towards that dog or my feelings about that dog or my beliefs about what that dog was or who that dog was, would always manifest itself. So if I wanted the dog to be friendly, I would treat the dog as if it was, was friendly, even though it wasn't friendly. So there in, in, the, in the training, so my, 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 my body language, my attention to the dog, my attitude towards the dog, my approach to the dog was if this aggressive dog was friendly and then suddenly I have a dog that was aggressive is now is friendly. And I've actually done very little training itself. In other words, leash the collar, you know, food reward, that kind of stuff. That much of what I could change in a dog had to do with my ability to treat the dog in a manner that, gave, that um, reflected what I wanted from that dog. I hope that makes sense. That I, because I didn't, I don't have any fear of dogs. The dogs have bit me uh, really badly a couple of times and put me in the hospital, but I don't have any particular fear of dogs. So that, that, that aspect is not even part of it. 
because most dogs intimidate. Most dogs that are aggressive, um, they get, gain power by intimidating you. Uh, there has been yet a dog that I can think of. There maybe have been one that <laughs> that was uh, so aggressive that it caused me to flinch or be get scared. Other than that one, dog, maybe two dogs uh, that did that to me. Uh, for the most part, a dog could bark at me and I wouldn't flinch. I wouldn't move. And they'd go like, you're weird. You're supposed to move. Everybody else moves. Um, and they would suddenly change. So I'm, I'm here to tell you that that this is, I know this to be true. How do I know this to be true? Uh, Indio Police Department, I took over their training, their dog training. They, were, they had a dog and a handler together. Uh, this dog was a mess. This dog was on like five to 10 different medications. The dog, uh, you know, was labeled had anxiety. Yes, um, it had a be behavioral disorders that caused it to chew its paws raw and, um, uh, you know, cause itself to have hot spots by chewing on its shoulder and its ass and that kind of stuff. And um, the dog would scream, like, rah, rah, like the, when the handler would give it a, a canine announcement, you know, Indio Police Department come out and say, the dog would scream, right? Just out of, out of this, this, this anxiety that would come through the dog entirely. The dog's hair would stand up on the end. So I came in to this situation with this handler and this dog, right? The handler, you know, thought, well, my dog is always sick. My dog is, you know, has anxiety. My dog, is, right? It was always, whenever he talked about his dog, it always was, well, my dog, and then has blah, right? Whatever, whatever negative label you want to give this dog. Now, again, this is a dog, right? I'm trying to, to, to tell you how important this is in regard to humans and yourself. Because we do it to ourselves, we do it to other humans. But in, in, in relationship to a dog, his words, English words that a dog cannot understand, right? He's using words that a dog cannot understand. But what happens when you use those words? When you use those words, you have negative feelings, negative energy. Um, I, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, the, also the, um, the endorphins that are in the air or whatever. You have, but there's a lot of chemistry, a lot of energy that is passed on to a dog. A dog is a very, um, uh, uh, what's it, not conduit, a, uh, a, a sponge uh, for information coming from it's human. It, it gathers all the information. None of it is verbal. Most of it is energy. And so I have a handler who has this dog who continually feeding into the negativity of this dog, and the dog is not getting any better, right? And I'm trying to train the handler how not to do that, but he's not changing anything. He's not doing anything. He can do, well, that's just my dog, and he's, he's, a, he's a piece of crap, right? Using words like that, calling his dog names, um, um, you know, just saying that uh, this is a you know, piece of crap dog that they gave me, right? And always has these negative, all these words, all the words that are negative, right? And, and it continued on. So finally, after four months or so, I just said, I, I, th I you know, and, and strangely enough, from time to time, I would see some, some hope in the dog. And I said, you know, I really think it's the handler. And it's very rare that as a trainer coming in out, not, not a part, not an employee of NDO Police Department, but as a contract uh, company with the Indio Police Department, I came in and said, I think you need to get rid of the hand. And very rarely do, do the police departments listen <laughs> because it causes a whole bunch of problems. Uh, but in this case, they decided, you know, we're going to keep the dog and get rid of the handler, which is rare. But it gives me the story because what happened? They gave me a new handler. I was able to take a brand new handler, young handler, and teach him differently. Okay, you're going to get this dog, right? Forget the history of this dog. I said, I think this dog has potential. And what I need you to do is do something different. And that is, I need you to listen to me <laughs> and follow my direction. And I want you to treat this dog as if it's like the best dog on the planet. It's the strongest dog on the planet. It has the best nose on the planet. It hits hard. It bites hard. It does everything. It, this dog potentially could save your life. 
And I want you to treat that dog as if that is true. I don't care whether you believe it or not. I'm telling you, this is how I want you to act. So um, we begin training with a handler and the dog. And he, the handler follows my direction and loves the dog. Pretty soon, remember I told you the dog was on about 10 different medications. It wasn't but a couple months into the dog's training that for whatever reason, he stopped chewing his paws. He stopped screaming at the door. He stopped causing hot spots on his body. And he became calm. And all we did was change the handlers and the way that the handler thought about the dog, talked about the dog, and interact with the dog. The dog completely changed without words, without laying on the couch from a psychologist or psychiatrist saying, okay, dog, we know you have anxiety issues. <laughs> we know that you have depression. None of that happened. What we changed is the energy. What we changed were the words. What we changed were the actions to give the dog the power to be stronger. The dog retired with bites of bad guys, finding narcotics, and a very strong dog that was no longer on medication. And we did that with simply changing the labels. The dog was no longer ADHD anxiety. The dog was strong police dog. The dog was fast police dog. The dog was a badass police dog, right? Not ADHD dog, not anxiety dog, right? And we created a, a relationship between the dog and the handler of love and respect. They loved and respected each other, went on the street every night and protected the city of India. So it was a spectacular story. And it was one that I, I, I'm very proud of <laughs> and uh, very, very hopeful for. And so um, that is um, that that is one. It's one of many. I have other stories that are very similar to that. That, that we we just simply change our approach to the dog, not always in training. This is the great thing about Falco Canine Academy. We're going to be doing more of the Falco Canine Academy here in the near future too, um, as we bring on a sponsor and a bunch of other stuff. But I, I want you to understand that that dog training doesn't always involve dog training. It obviously involves human training. It can, it can involve uh, nutrition, and it can involve the stuff that I just told you about, about changing your attitude, about how you feel about that dog and what you call him. Simply changing his name from dit, you know, uh, dickwad, <laughs> if that's what you call your dog, or stupid, right? If you're calling your dog stupid all the time, what's your dog going to be? Stupid. I know. It seems strange. Well, it's just a dog. You know, no, I'm telling you that the story I just told you will, proves me to be true or proves me to be right um, in, in that regard. All right. So there's that. In this story, this is a book called Well Done. You can see it there. It's a great dog by uh, um, uh, Ken uh, Blanchard and a, a group of other people. Uh, it's a very small book that is powerful. I've used this book for demonstrations all the time. This is a great, great book. All right. And it has to do with how to essentially training human beings and employees like they do whales. Right. And again, I have people all the time say, Andy, you cannot compare training human beings to training animals. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, and I, there's a, a really brief little paragraph in here, and I just want to read it to you. Uh, and this has to do with whales, too. Right. This is a whale trainer talking to um, uh, Ken Blanchard in the story uh, in relationship to finding ways to reward people as opposed to finding ways to punish, looking for always ways to punish people and disciplining people that in your employees and in your children is that if our focus is only on discipline, which can happen very easily where that is the only thing that we do, right? We, we live every day. And then when they do something wrong, we discipline. 
right? And then we go on with the day and everything's fine and they do something right and then we discipline. As opposed to wake up and say, wow, you woke up on time. This is fantastic. Let's go out and get some breakfast together. It's that you woke up on time and we have a little extra. Let's go do, let me reward you for waking up early and being prepared for school, right? And then you go on your day and they do something bad and you ignore it. They do something bad, you ignore it. And then they do something good where they get their homework done. Well, wait a minute. Did you get your homework done? That is fantastic, right? You ignored the two bad behaviors to wait for the good behavior. And when we can do that more, now I'm not telling you that we don't correct bad behavior. I'm just telling you that when we look for positive things to reward, children for that we're going to get more results in the end. Same thing with dog training. So in, in this paragraph, I'm going to read, it's really important. And I, I'm just going to read this one. I've underlined it from years ago. It's still, <laughs> it's still true today. And the, 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 the whale trainer is talking to the humans because they're there for a seminar and some other stuff. So the, dog, the, the whale trainer says this, um, one of the most harmful practices in, in animal education is the human habit of mentally limiting animals. What the human thinks about an animal and expects from the animal has a direct bearing on that animal's response or lack of response. Let me read that again, because it's really important. And I, I want you to take this and I want you to hold on to it. And I want you to remember this because it goes to you talking to you about yourself. It goes to you talking about your children. It goes to you talking about your employees. It goes to you talking uh, you know, to the people that are around you that look to you as a leader or a mentor. And it, it applies even animals. So one of the most harmful practices, one of the most harmful practices in animal education is the human habit of mentally limiting animals. Your son or daughter or those people around you. What the human thinks about, thinks, what the human thinks, these words are important. What the human thinks about an animal and expects from an animal has a direct bearing on that animal's response or lack of response, right? What you think, so important, so important. So I, I wanted to come on today to just talk about this one thing and really kind of stay focused. And look at me, I'm at 47 minutes. Uh, that's why I didn't come on and say, this is gonna be short because it's never short. But I want you to understand this part as we move forward, um, as we move forward as a group and we continue to work towards a better America, is that is that our attitude towards America, okay, so I'm getting to my final point, our attitude towards America, our attitude towards Orange County, our, our attitude towards California, our, our attitude towards candidates, our attitude, whatever, is that we, we move forward and focus on what it is that we can do to support and encourage and build people in our community, build our children in our family, build people that look to us uh, as, a, as a mentor, that we need to find a way to do that. Again, does this mean that we don't discipline? Does this mean that we don't get angry from time to time? No. However, it is these labels, right, that get us into trouble. And it, it's going to start with you. It's going to start with you and your home, that we, we turn this around that we may have a kid who's out of control and crazy and angry and mad and that kind of stuff. But are we focusing on that and supporting it and encouraging the negative behavior by focusing on it and, 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 and repeating that, yes, you have anger issues. Yes, you have ADHD. Yes, you have anxiety. Yes, you have depression. And we just keep reinforcing and saying, we just go and it, and it grows and it gets bigger because we keep acknowledging it as opposed to the other way around. It is not easy. Trust me. I have five kids with five different personalities. 
I have two that are very challenging and I'm trying to figure that out and find the balance between the reward and the discipline. So I, again, I, I'm not telling you something that I am not struggling with and dealing with myself. I am with, there with you, but you have to stay focused. You have to stay vigilant. You have to stay strong that you don't get caught up into what my dad did to me and telling me that I was worthless, that I was dumb, that I would never make it, that I was stupid, that I would never uh, uh, you know, uh, do anything other than work on McDonald's. That's what they told me. Uh, and that thankfully for me didn't work. It, it, it actually did the opposite, but we have children that, that, that will cause them to kill themselves. That will cause them to, to never succeed. That will cause them to have drinking problems and drug problems. Right. And because there are people that, that that's what happens when you, when you keep pushing them down and telling them that they they have these bad things that they they'll never amount to anything. Um, and again, you are not saying necessarily when you, uh, you may not be saying, Hey, you're a horrible dumb person, but it is very close to the same thing when you keep reinforcing the fact that they have ADHD or whatever it is that whatever label they've been given, that it is a negative, it's negative, right? <laughs> There's no way around it. It, it. It's again, you're giving them an excuse not to succeed because they're gonna say, well, I have ADHD. That's why I'm not succeeding. That's it. I'm just going to sit here and play video games and I'm going to stick my finger up my nose and shit nothing because I have ADHD. My mom has told me my entire life I have ADHD. So it's okay. I'm going to sit here and and, and get fat and do and do nothing with my life. And I'm going to live here till I'm 30 because you've allowed it to happen. You created the monster. Um, and so we need to change that around. So uh, there's a, lot, a bunch of comments come out. Sorry, I, did, I haven't been paying attention to my comments. Um, and so I hope this has been helpful. Hey, Amy, nice to see you. <laughs> did a little dog training and human training. Amy, nice. I'm glad that you're here. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Repeat a lie enough. It will become the truth. Absolutely. The uh, communism. Um, Yes, very receptive. Amazing. <laughs> right. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Philippians 4. That is fantastic. That, that is fantastic. That is exactly what we're talking about. I, 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 I was jumping on before, uh, before I came and, and pushed the button to go live. I was thinking, I should have got a couple passages. <laughs> I, I'm going to be better at this. But uh, Carl, you know what, Carl? Maybe you'll be my passage guy. And I can count on you to find these. This, that, I love that passage. I've never seen that before. Um, so I'm going to definitely, um, I'm going to mark that down. I'm going to create a, an image and, uh, and put that up. So that is fantastic. Philippians 4.8. Thank you, Carl. That is outstanding. All right. So I hope this has been helpful as we move forward and, and begin to change people's lives and keeping things like this in mind, that it's important to support people, to help them be stronger uh, through our words and our actions and our energy, that if we are continually saying negative things all the time about your dog, if you say your dog's a piece of crap all the time, he's a piece of crap, he's a piece of crap, he's a piece of crap, he's going to be a piece of crap. I'm telling you. Um, if you're telling your child that, oh, you, it's okay, you have issues. Uh, it's okay that you have issues. And that's, you're just never going to be better than anybody else. Right? If you do that, they're never going to be better than anybody else. Let's flip this around. Let's make this, uh, let's make this world a lot stronger with our words and our actions and our feelings and our, and our, and our trust in God and, uh, and, and be disciples and be mentors to people that need a strong, positive mentor in their life. Let's do this. All right, my friends. All right, don't forget. We're going to be talking about this more as the days go on. Here we go. One more time.
love the music. I went through 30 songs to find that. I, I, I think I need one. I need a little bit more, a little bit more of a kick in, in that in that music and maybe shorten up the video just a smidgy. Uh, but I just created that earlier today before I came on just for fun uh, to show you what's going on. The website should be done tomorrow where you can begin to click and help with some uh, funding will be fantastic. If you know any big money funders, that would be great to do to get this thing off the ground and get it going much, much faster. Uh, obviously, the more uh, money we can bring in to um, get attorneys to make a nonprofit and do much of stuff, the faster we can put together a coalition of men um, to uh, provide security for some of the uh, conservative Christians that are in our area that may need it. Uh, and that kind of stuff. Again, that, that is one of my my goals. And uh, and then, of course, to create a, a a voice through podcasting and live broadcasting to support um, said candidates and conservative Christians in our in our community. And so we're going to get that done. So I should have the website up pretty good um, uh, pretty soon and, uh, and and get that going. All right, my friends, I hope this has been helpful to you. Let's stay positive. Let's work. Let's help some other people become stronger. Help your children be stronger through uh, teaching them. Uh, about how great they are and how strong they are and how worthy they are of God's love and um, being a spectacular member of our community. God bless you. I love you guys. Have a great, great night.